Welcome to Conscious Conversations, a podcast where we dive deep to uncover our true potential and meaning to live a life of abundance, passion and purpose. Hi, I'm your host Vikas Aurora. So welcome everyone. We are just a few days away from Christmas um, and for those who aren't celebrating Christmas, enjoy the break. I think it's going to be amazing for everyone. Everyone needs a respite at the end of the year. And I thought that before we have that respite, no doubt, everyone's got family and friends and panicking about, you know, uh, you know, the presents, the cooking, the shopping, and how do we deal with rallies? Uh, it's a pain for everyone. And I thought I'd have a guest today that can give you some insight about how you can actually calm yourself, how you can work through your nervous system. And I'm so grateful to have Laura Larios with me today. Hi, Laura. Um, Hi. So, so good to, to see you. There. I love the decorations behind you. So seasonal. <laughs> I have just got some fairy lights and that's about it and a cactus. So that's about me. Everything's downstairs. But let me give you guys a bit of an intro into Laura. Laura and I have worked together. We, we had the privilege of being coached together and then working together. I think that was that was a phenomenal journey for both of us. And one of the things that stood out for, uh, about Laura to me was that, you know, she was already a founder and a CEO of a very highly sought after consulting and coaching brand. And what Laura does, and she will delve into a bit deeper, but, you know, she delivers world-class nervous system support for ultra ambitious executives and entrepreneurs. And her work focuses on showing top tier performers at all levels how to sustain peak performance. Doesn't matter if you're a professional, doesn't matter if you're an athlete, doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur, doesn't matter if, even if you're a student, if you're a top performer, you need Laura. And she helps you with anxiety, overwhelm and burnout. And I personally have had the benefit of uh, gaining some of her insight and using it in in my own life personally about a year ago when I was going hitting rock bottom and and Laura's messages, Laura's posts, everything, everything that she I took on board and it really did help me. Now Laura's worked with Silicon Valley's top. Uh, she's one of Silicon Valley's top go-to nervous system coaches for corporate wellness. So if you're a corporate, you need Laura. And she is an amazing advisor uh, on how you can actually embody her techniques to really, really kind of calm your nervous system. Because everything we do, we don't realize that any stress, any anxiety, any pressure we take on board, we don't realize that actually we, we, we place it in our nervous system. And that's what creates the energy. That's what creates the negative energy within our body. But I'm not going to go into detail too much because I want to give Laura a platform. Laura, welcome. So good to have you. Thank you, Rick. It's so good to be here. Yeah. And I think before anything, I mean, you know, um, I would love for everyone to hear your journey as to, you know, why why the nervous system? Why neuroplasticity? You know, mm. I think it's, you know, and, you know, you offer semantic healing. And I think, you know, I think it's really important that everyone knows your journey. I'd love to know. And for our for our listeners, your journey. Yeah. So yeah, it's been quite a journey. So I, I in college, I did major in psychology. There was always sort of this, this, this thirst I think I had for understanding human behavior, for wanting to help people. That was always there. So I started studying psychology. Um, but in the program I was in at the time and in the university, it was very uh, cognitive behavioral based. Um, so it was a lot of essentially like mindset work, what we 
see a lot in the coaching industry, even in, uh, in tech too, as well, which does have its place and, and it very, can be very helpful. However, I was finding just through my own like personal journey with the techniques I was learning. And then plus like other, like we were practicing on individuals as well for our training, that there was still like, kind of like a block or like this invisible wall that was there. Like, and I couldn't figure out like what it was. And so I just being a naturally curious person, I started to just kind of investigate. And I found uh, polyvagal theory by Stephen Porteous. Uh, he developed the theory in 1994. He's a neuroscientist. Um, and then I found Peter Levine's work with somatic experiencing. And that was sort of the missing piece that I was finding mm. um, with um yeah, the, the psychological work I was doing. And then at the same time, I was studying psychology and all of these modalities. I was also working in the hospitality industry, the high-end hospitality industry. So I was working with a lot of um, entrepreneurs who had founded these amazing restaurants, working side by side with them. They were hands-on, like they were there every day working crazy hours. <laughs> um, and the hospitality industry actually has one of the highest levels of rates of burnout than even wow. more than tech. I think it's like 80%. Wow. And so, cause they work really long hours or just constantly talking to people all day, you know, meeting demands and moving at a very, very fast mm. pace. So I myself started to experience burnout in that industry. And um, as much as I loved it, I also was noticing that I would kind of like have a lot of energy during the shift. And that by the end of the shift, I would just down for this for days. And it was like, this was this pattern of like up and down, up and down. And, and I was so like, many well, people this can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. It, all my colleagues would talk about it. They would just be like, cause we'd get off a shift and then like maybe it was midnight, but then you couldn't fall asleep for another couple hours. Cause you were so amped up. And then now you're waking up like super late in the day, <laughs> the next day. And it just became this sort of a cycle. And I was realizing like, this is not really sustainable. Like, yeah. and I was young still, and I was still in my twenties at the time. And I could, my body was, you know, was doing it, but I, I knew like enough to say, this is not a sustainable thing. And then on top of that, I was also noticing that the, I started to make this connection too around like how the business was even being led, the decisions that were being made, how things were being planned out by the leaders or the managers based on like the level of their stress. So when they were like really, really stressed, I noticed like they got more impulsive. They were a lot more like mm. uh, in, impatient with things. There was a lot more urgency and then other people started to feel urgent and it was just like this ripple effect. And so when I was learning about like in college about the nervous system and psychology, like it all made sense then like how everyone was sort of performing and, and at, at the at the job, but then also how each of us were affecting each other and how the business was even being run. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's amazing how a personal journey can impact you so much and you, you felt it firsthand. So, yeah. so then how going through your work going through sort of actually delving deeper into that um how did you find that you know working on your own sort of stabilizing your own nervous system how did you feel that you know actually this is something I really now want to share with us obviously you had the experience of working with uh in the hospitality and it is such a volatile industry and <laughs> um and and you know I, I've I've had some experience, not to the level you've had, but some experience. And I was 18 when I was working in the hospitality industry and it was stressful. I couldn't wait to go home, literally, and just hit the bed. And then you wake and you, you're like Groundhog Day, right? The next day you're back yeah. in there again and you think, hold on, did I sleep? Because you're feeling the same pain over again. What made you think that actually, you know, it's my, you know, I'm embodying this and everyone's embodying this in their nervous system. 
Yeah, I think just through, well, it was two things. I love that question because one was just like, as I was studying polyvagal theory and they started to talk about how this like shows up in your life, like how the nervous system affects your thinking, what kind of thoughts you start to have, uh, what kind of decisions you, you, you end up making from these different hierarchical nervous system states. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this makes so much sense. And this is why even individuals I saw that I was working with were like, it wasn't cognitive. You could tell like there was an aspect that there was something beyond just like co consciously or cognitively making certain decisions or behaving in a certain way. It was, it was deeper than that. This was, you know, this was something that was more like, I would say subconscious in a sense. And yeah. so I, and then for myself too, I was noticing patterns and, and aspects of my own behavior and my, my own way of responding to things. Where I'd be like, wow, why did I, why did I respond that way? Or why did I, why am I noticing that I'm feeling so much urgency when I know cognitively there's no urgency? Um, and this was that they explained it all when I was studying the nervous system. So then um, just thinking about that and obviously some of the experience you've had, you've obviously made observations over the years with people you've worked with. What have you found have been the kind of common trends that, you know, that, that define why someone needs nervous system and adrenal support why is it so needed i mean i know you've highlighted That's in terms of the decisions we make and you know it affects mm -hmm. the way of life but so much so so much so that you know i'm finding more and more people are actually turning this way and wh why is that well because it you know essentially so when we're like for example the leaders that i work with in, in companies right they're always looking at trying to increase performance and, and stress resiliency and innovation and all of these things right so but part of that comes from an aspect of the brain in the prefrontal cortex so your decision making your critical thinking your ability to plan for the future and be innovative that's that part of the brain however in when you're in these survival states um like the nervous system the fight or flight or a freeze response that part of your brain is essentially going offline so to conserve energy so you don't have as much access to this and what's happening what i'm seeing or like i think that's why this is such a big topic nowadays too is because burnout rate is just so high also as well like we had i think burnout was happening before the pandemic and then the mm. pandemic happened and now it's just like increased that much more and so people's mental load and like the, the stress they're holding in their body and I'm being unaware that their system is in this constant state of survival is what's creating these high levels of burnout. So people are looking for ways to um, alleviate this and, and, and find ways to, um, in companies as well, find solutions for the, the high levels of burnout within themselves and within their, within their teams. That's interesting. I mean, it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, with obviously with the pandemic, um which affected everyone literally everyone on the planet and 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 no doubt you're probably seeing that come out what 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 common trends are you seeing that requiring such work and what what, what are people coming to and saying that you know um yeah this is going on with me and you know this is these are kind of you know this is you know uh this is kind of how i feel energetically etc so what are those key signs that you see that kind of you know you get that kind of light bulb moment that you know what this is you know I mean you've got some great testimonies I was reading through the testimony they're amazing <laughs> testimonies and some of them are as simple as like the work you've done has just impacted the way people have started changing their simple things in their lifestyle like their diet their sleep their exercise I mean yeah. what are you seeing that that those common themes coming out of you know what's happened over the last two years 
um, mm-hmm. that is requiring you to actually work with them? Yeah, this is a really great question. So um, what I, a lot of what I'm seeing right now is um, just flat out like exhaustion. Like there's a lot of brain fog, like not being able to focus or concentrate for long periods of time, you know, being a little more forgetful, uh, waking up in the middle of the night, like maybe 2, 3 a.m. and having difficulty getting back to sleep. Uh, the, the dead scroll, like on your phone, like, you know, just scrolling the on the phone kind of mindlessly. Yeah. And you, you want to stop, but you, again, you're, you're not, you're not stopping. And next thing you know, an hour has gone by and you, you know, you've just, you're still on the phone. Um, things like procrastinating too, like, um, on maybe like certain projects or, t- or tasks that, you know, you have to complete, but that you're putting it off to the very last minute. And then like it's go time and then you're like, you know, crunching and like, you know, working super hard and all that you're working off all that adrenaline to, to get it done. Um, there's a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of fear on uh, money. I mean, I think that's, there's an element that it's kind of, it's money so charged, but I, I feel like with the pandemic though, and people, a lot of people lost their jobs or they were furloughed mm-hmm. for a period of time, or there was so much uncertainty at the time as to what was going to happen to the economy. And even now there's some aspects to what we're talking about with recession and layoffs. So there's a lot of like anxiety around even people who have wealth or they have money, they're still worried. They're still thinking about it. They're checking their portfolios every five minutes, um, yeah. things like that. Um, there's always this feeling of like, I need to be doing more. I need to be hustling more. I need to be going faster. Everything feels very urgent. Um has to have been had to get done yesterday kind of thing uh overworking and then crashing at the end of the day or the week same thing like needing prolonged periods of rest and or even like now this time of year um, we're recording this during the holidays i find a lot of my clients have something called stress laxing where it's like a it's an actual term where you get you get stressed around relaxing so it's interesting because this is a nervous system thing so when the system has kind of been more go 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 and and now it's like, okay, time off. The system doesn't know what to do with that. And so yeah. a lot of people will like, it takes maybe a few days or even a week until they finally start to come more into that relaxation of the vacation. But now you're back, then you're going right back to work again. So just as you're coming down, it's back to the office again, kind of thing. So, I mean, it's interesting you say that, the, was it um, the, 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 the relaxing stress? What was the term you used there? Stress laxing. Stress laxing. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting you say that because I think you're right. I think there's there's an element of, you know, we we people have come out of the pandemic and I've just gone gung ho at work, uh, especially yeah. in specific industries where, you know, there's always been that requirement to be in the office. There's always that requirement to be on the hustle. Um, and there's a real um, pressure on society right now um, because now that we're entering a recession, it's pretty evident that we're going to, right? You know, it, it's pretty evident. And um, and it's not like we haven't been there before, but people still stress and think, oh, God, you know, the world has ended. Um, mm-hmm. Do we do you think that a lot of it is kind of societal pressure that we take on on ourselves? And sometimes we take on as like, woe is me. It's all on me. But everyone's going through that. I mean, what, what guidance would you give to someone that is kind of, uh, you know, in that mode of hustle, 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 and then stop and then hustle, hustle, hustle. Because even when they stop, they're not, they haven't stopped because the mind is still working. The mind is still at that phase. And like you said, the body doesn't know what to do because it's used to you hustling so much that when it comes to that time where you stop, you still have to feel like you've got to continue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to your nervous system. So your nervous system only sees something in two ways, safe or unsafe, it's really black and white in that sense. Right. So 
it, it, you know, all these sort of threats, like just the pan- think of the pandemic, right? Like we did, it was so much uncertainty, also uncertainty to our brain. Our brains don't like uncertainty. So we go to worst case scenario, there's, we have more negative bias in our brain for our survival. And so I, I think what we're essentially, what, what you were just asking is that, um, I think it's like this perfect storm, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, because we have, we had burnout happening before the pandemic that wasn't fully addressed or was just starting to get kind of get talked about. Pandemic hits, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're kind of all locked in, our nervous system is getting all these cues that we're not safe. And then you add in now like this economic aspect of recession, which again is also related to our survival. So more cues to our system that we're not safe. And so the key with the work that I do with them with my clients is not so much about like stress reduction, because we obviously there's always going to be stress. <laughs> it's actually about stress resiliency. So it's about showing like the system. Yeah, showing the system how to actually uh, increase the capacity within the system for when the stress is coming in. So people's capacities right now is much, much smaller. If you think of a, a, a glass, for example, like I have a little mug right here. And so most people's mugs are like filled to the brim at the moment. Um, And so we need to either we have a bigger glass, you know, in order to like, you know, make some space in here, or we need to start taking things out of this container. Uh, And that's how we increase the stress resiliency. So I think it's two things I think we we, with all this kind of perfect storm of things that are happening currently at the moment and where we are in time, as as a society and globally, the key here really is resiliency and mm. showing the system, not just telling it because it, it doesn't work so much with words. Like you're safe, everything's fine. Like just mindset your way out of it kind of thing. You actually have to give the system cues of that safety and 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 that's how you build the resiliency. I love that. And I think, you know, it reminds me of one of your posts from last year actually, um, which pointed to control. And the fact is that, you know, we, especially during the pandemic, you know, we feel like um, that we have so much in control and the pandemic has taken that away from us. And that in itself has caused us so much stress. And I saw that in so many people that yeah. they lack control. They, you know, they, they had control and now that power has been taken away. But yeah. what they didn't realize is that they've got the time now to actually, and I think, I, you know, I took on board what you said in that post. I remember it's like, you know, focus on the things you can control in the here and now. Yeah, there, there, there are so many things happening around you, like the pandemic, you cannot control it, whatever the yeah. government says, whatever decisions have been made, you have no control over it. So don't embody that additional stress on your body. Yeah, only look at the things you can control in the here and now. So the space you work in, you know, yeah. okay, if you're homeschooling, you've got no choice, but you have control over that is how you manage that. And what I saw mm-hmm. with a lot of people was, they thought that that was that isn't important what was important was everything else that's happening externally i mean yeah. that is the scary thing for me and i i remember i just suddenly cut out external noise from my life um and and as a result of that um i found i had more space to think about me mm-hmm. and it's to the point of taking that lid off and just taking out what you yeah. cannot manage what you know what's overflowing yeah and just exactly you know that that's kind of and, and I think that's such a beautiful way I remember but that, that changed my whole outlook towards now I just look at things I can't I, I can control you know uh and and if I can't control it then it's never been in my control so I shouldn't really put my energy there exactly exactly because it takes a lot of energy right I love that you said that energy right and so there's a 
our, our bodies and our brains are always, you know, they're so efficient, always trying to conserve as much energy as possible. So really what you're talking about is that more of that efficiency, right? Utilizing your energy in the most efficient way, which is in ways that what can, like you said, what can I control? And, you know, and, and what I can't control is more of my immediate environment, most, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, like, and even with the clients I work with, for example, maybe like some of them are still working maybe from home or office that they, they haven't gone back to, to, you know, uh, being in person in, in the office any longer. And they're noticing some of the stress coming up and there's still this feeling to the system of lack of control. And so what I've been helping them with too, is, is helping to show the system by moving their desk to another part of their, of their house or going outside the house for an hour or two and working in a co-working space. Again, like to show the system that, you know, we do, we do have some choice here in this and we do have giving different cues to the system too, that we're not again in this consistent, like uh, state of danger, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I, I love that. You, you mentioned earlier in, in um, uh, about uh, the different states. Mm-hmm. So there's the vagal state. What, 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 what um, they, you know, what, how many states are there and how can we be aware of them so that, you know, we can focus on those, on, on, on the things that are around us to actually control those states. Cause I know that there are positive states and there are negative states within, when we look at polyvagal states, right? So it's, it's, what are those states and how can we be aware of them? Yeah. So actually I will also say that all, everything I'm going to preface is first, there's not say positive or negative, although I, I get that. Like it's more of, we need each of these states. So for yeah. our survival, right? So yeah, I just want to make sure yeah, like, so if yeah. you're in one of these states, like, don't worry, it's not necessarily it's a not bad the end thing. Of the, world. <laughs> the, the thing no, is- No, because that you we, can use yeah. that to actually exactly. bring you into a different state. And actually that can, they can energize you as well. hundred percent. Yeah, I love, exactly. So there's three um, primary hierarchical states, and then there's essentially there's another three blended states. Um, so there's six altogether, but I'm going to talk about just the three main hierarchical states. So the first, First one, if you think of a ladder, it's the autonomic ladder and polyvagal theory. So the top of the ladder is the ventral vagal system. So this is our home state. This is the system of like connection and, you know, higher cognitive functioning. Um, You can go with the flow here. There's like good focus. You're engaged with life. You're open-minded. It's easier to make decisions, that kind of thing. And then you go a little bit down the ladder now and you're in sympathetic state. This is the first uh, sort of uh, gate. So to the survival uh, parts of us. So the fight or flight energy that most of us are aware of. This one you fill with more chaotic energy. This is the, you know, your the drive to escape. Um, heart rate increases here. There's more stress chemistry coming into the body because it's saying, hey, we need to move, we need to either fight something or we need to flee from a threat. Yeah. Um the impatience can come up here. This um maybe I, I see something with my clients like there's an anxiety feeling, you know, in this state, again, urgency. And then you go a little bit further down the ladder and now you're in dorsal vagal, which is the system of shutdown. So um, this is when you feel really drained energy or like really feeling disconnected, like maybe apathetic. There's a lot of numbness, uh, or, you know, putting off decisions. And so in this state, the system is really now trying to con- conserve energy. And it's when we really start to see the, the effects of burnout. Right. You can see them in the sympathetic too, but this is when people really know I'm in burnout is when you're in the dorsal vagal. So how can how can one then actually when they when they realize that they're in they're in that state in a state of burnout or approaching mm-hmm. that state mm-hmm. what tips would you give to someone to actually say okay this is what you need to do to get out of there 
right? To move yourself higher up the ladder, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I mean, there, there's so much, um, I guess I'll, I'll speak to the, one of the first things, which the majority of my clients tend to be, like I said, top tier performers or like high achiever type. These individuals tend to live more in the sympathetic response there, there's a lot more of that mobilizing energy because they're doing a lot. And like I yeah. said, that we need sympathetic energy to do things, but we don't want to be with too much sympathetic energy can, can create issues. So for those individuals, and it's interesting because a lot of times these individuals get recommended to do meditation. However, meditation can be amazing, but you have to, you have to prepare the system for that because it's, it's a mobilizing energy to try to sit still and like do something for like 30 minutes of sitting sometimes <laughs> would be too much for the system. So I recommend usually simpler things like two to like something that takes like one to two minutes. And one of the exercises I, I give my, my clients is like every, every two hours, just check in on a scale of one to 10, where's my stress right now? Hmm. 10 would be like really maxed out. I'm feeling lots of urgency, racing thoughts. And then one would be, you know, I'm feeling pretty chill. Like, I, you know, I'm feeling pretty in that more in that ventral vagal and then just rate it. And then, okay, maybe I'm at an eight. Okay. And then now you would go and do an ex, what I call one of these like uh, nervous system rewiring exercises where maybe you just, you know, you sit, you're sitting in your chair and you look all the way to your right for like 30 seconds to a minute, like your peripheral vision here. This is engaging your vagus nerve. This is also sending a direct signal to your brainstem, your amygdala, that you're not in danger. So that starts to come down to start to bring down some of that sympathetic energy. And then you do the same thing on the left. You look over to the left for like 30 seconds to a minute. And then to see, you go back to that scale. Did anything change? Yeah, I was at an eight. Maybe now I'm at a six. Like that's what we're looking for. Like one to 2% change. Yeah. And doing that every, I would say roughly every two hours or so consistently sending like again showing the system that you're not in danger because you can know cognitively i'm fine i'm in my house i'm working on my computer <laughs> like but the you know but the emails you might be getting from your boss or you know you know totally. that's sending a signal of danger so you you want to like work with your system and balance some of that by bringing some cues of safety and you know and lowering some of that stress chemistry i love that i love that and i think that you know you you, you hit the nail there like you know so many people are still working from home uh, sitting yeah. at the desk and so you know it it, we, it doesn't take a lot and and we've kind of moved away from you know for those of us that did work in an office you know we had the comfort of you know the the the, the coffee machine side chat you know lunch going out don't have that anymore you end up still doing your eight hours if not 10 hours if not longer you end up working so those little breaks can be very valuable and doing those exercises especially not looking at the screen while you're doing them because you've still got that kind of, you know, that energy heading your way. Um, and, and, and so in terms of the, the, the pressures that people are finding still, even there are people still finding it hard to get used to working from home, even though they've been stuck at home for two years. Um, and, and I think those simple exercises are going to be uh, are so valuable to do that. Um, I, I've, I personally found, um, that the, the, and you, you talked on meditation when I, when I started meditating, I found it really hard to get into the right frame, really. Cause you, you've still got a lot of external, you can't quieten everything around you unless you're in the hills or in the Himalayas or in the forest and there's nothing around you. Great. But for those of us that have the hustle and bustle of the home around them, it's hard mm -hmm. to do that. But I have found it now over time is just um extending my time so I started with 15 minutes then went to 20 minutes mm -hmm. now 30 minutes and I actually find actually 
that it takes me five to 10 minutes to get into a state of inner peace yeah. and alignment. And that's where I, I suddenly realize I'm drowning out all noise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. the most, but that, but that, at that point, am I coaching one of the states to get into that phase? Am I, am I going up the ladder, so to speak? Oh. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're feeling a more internal sense of peace, which, you know, there, there's uh, probably feeling a little, lot more connected, right, to yourself, a lot more in, present to what is actually happening around you. So definitely, definitely more in that ventral vagal, absolutely. Um, and I love how you said it takes some time, and it, it does. And it's, again, because the nervous system is a little more keyed up. And so that's why even working with the clients that I do, because they're busy. It's like they might be meditating maybe all in the weekends or at the end of the day, but it's like, there's all this happening in between the day too. So we've got to like, you know, train and show the system. Um, we, can, we can't just have it like kind of compartmentalized morning and evening. And so, and, 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 but I also understand like when you're working during the day, you're having back-to-back meetings, you don't know if you have the time to step away to, to meditate. So these are some practical things you can do in literally one to two minutes that really do help uh, support the nervous system. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I want to touch on one thing. So I did your questionnaire yesterday. Oh, I don't yes. know if you got a chance to look at it. I'd I did. love to know your thoughts. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm holding myself accountable now to everyone. So yeah, I would love <laughs> to know your thoughts as to where I am. Yeah. I love that you filled it out. Thank you so much. So yeah, I just, I took a few notes here. Um, so yeah, overall, I want to say that, well, first of all, I think you scored over the 30 or so points. So that's where I have a point system on this, yeah, this survey. So everyone who goes to the, the website and takes it on my website. Um, so what, what you scored, Vickis, is definitely you could probably still, you probably could use a little bit uh, still support for your nervous system as well. But again, that makes sense based on, again, I think all the things we've been talking about today with all the changes that have happened for a lot of us, job changes, different environments, working from home. And so I think it all kind of made sense based on your answers, like the, that aspect. Um, but yeah, I, I, overall, though, I feel there's, there, I think there were some things I saw in your answers, I could tell, like have changed for you over the course of like the last year, like what you would have answered a year ago is different than totally. what you answered today (laughs) so definitely lots of improvement which is amazing and and um maybe just a couple more like little things i think they'd be supportive to get your system there even more or maybe staying there longer um but yeah overall i think uh i think it looks really great compared to like how long we've known each other and what you share with me like i was like really amazed yeah when i saw you take the the survey or i I couldn't resist (laughs) i couldn't resist and i'm going to share that link on 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 the uh on the podcast later i will um What, one final thing. So um, you, you touched on the endless scrolling and it's a bugbear yeah. of mine when people do that first thing in the morning, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, and, and yeah, I was victim to that, but I realized I did a, I did a one week study on myself and I did that and I realized how much time I was burning. And mm-hmm. actually I wasn't in, I was in a worse state um, coming out of even scrolling for 30, 40 minutes on my phone. Um, and uh yeah. What would you recommend to people to kind of kickstart their day? Because, you know, I think it's really important that, that that scrolling needs to stop. What would you recommend to those people that are constantly scrolling or getting up in the morning, just doing that, turning to emails? What simple things could they do? I oh. lost you there for a little while, Laura. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you got that. Yeah, something about the scrolling, like what would you recommend for people who are kind of reaching for the phone first thing in the morning and then going yeah. into the dead scroll, so to speak. Um, yeah, this is a tricky one. Obviously, first thing I would say is try not to have the phone in the bedroom so you're not tempted by it. 
<laughs> first thing in the morning. Simplest thing to do. Simplest thing first, just take it out of the bedroom. Um, but if you can't, for some reason, you, you need the phone there. I, I would say that the next thing I would do is actually there's an app that I, I use that's really helpful. So if you're going to be on the phone, would be, it's called, it's, um, it's called Source, S-O-R-C-E. And it takes your HRV score. So in 55 seconds, so you can go to your phone and take your score and it'll, it'll let you know, am I a recovery day? Am I in a push day? So it gives you also some, um, some information as to what your actual fuel level is like for the day. It's like wow. looking at your own personal gas tank. And so if you see I'm in more recovery, for example, I'm in a recovery day, then that's going to indicate to you that, you know, you, this may not be the day to like, you know, trying to do a million things because you don't have as much fuel in your tank. Right. Yeah. And then from there, you, the app also will give you like a brief exercise to do that matches with what you're getting for the day. So if it's recovery, you'll get an exercise for recovery. Um, if you get, so you're in a push day, it'll give you an exercise for push. So it, it's a, it'll give you an actual task, which is nice. Um, yeah. and something really short and, and yeah, really short, like one to two minutes, same thing. Um, and I find that my clients who use that and have like something to almost like first thing in the morning, give their brain a task as opposed to just going right to like social media, for example, and like scrolling through yeah. is really helpful. And then once they also give some context to what, where their energy is for the day, it really also helps them to, um, I don't know. It's almost like, it's so interesting how our brains work. Like when it has the context, it's like, then from there, it's like, oh, okay, I don't, I'm in a push day. Okay. I want, I got to get some stuff done today. And like, you don't really feel as much of an urge to like, I want to utilize the fuel that I have for today. Yeah. You don't feel as much of the urge to, to scroll. If you're in recovery, um, same thing though, you know, there's an exercise to help you with recovery. And then the other thing I would say is also like doing some of the exercises that I show um, I want on one clients, but also I've been sharing on different podcasts. You can find some exercises too on my Instagram that will kind of help you to, uh, cause essentially that the scrolling is a freeze response. Yeah. So your system is trying to conserve energy. And again, it, it makes sense based on everything we talked about today. So, and also give yourself a little bit of compassion knowing I'm in a freeze response right now. And when you have context for that, and then, you know, different exercises to go to, to help your system move out of that freeze you'll find you either not scrolling as long or you don't go to the scroll. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Laura, I've got five questions which I ask everyone. It's kind of this, uh, yes. to, to, to end it nicely. So um, first of all, thank you so much. I took so much. I'm going to listen to this again, take so many more notes. And uh, <laughs> in about two months time, I'm going to do the questionnaire again and see what the score is. Uh, try and yeah. get as low as possible. Um, so five quick questions. What new skills did you develop during COVID? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, that's a really or one good skill, question. maybe not new. No, not one sk- no, I think um, definitely was the ability to slow down a little bit more, even myself. Like it was interesting because right at the beginning, we didn't really know what was happening and then everything was kind of shut off or shut down for a period of time. And so I found that I had to kind of slow down even more in, in a sense. And it really helped me because it, it, it now my system is more used to that slowdown and obviously I'm still mobilizing but like I'm not quite so much in a hurry either and yeah. so when I work with clients um it, it helps attune their system to that pace as well because my system is in that pace and so that was a really great skill I would also have to say um the uh, the 
being able to kind of pivot in the unpredictability, like also, cause I was seeing clients in person and then suddenly we were online Yeah. and I had to like, you know, go pretty kind of fast and move things around uh, for my business, but you know, it worked really well. It, you know, it worked out great actually. Um, so I would say that was another thing as well. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Yeah. I want to share your favorite book and why. Oh my gosh. Wow. There's so many of my favorite books. Well, okay. From a, from, for a neuroscience perspective, I would say my, one of my favorite books that really changed my life was the, the pocket guide to the polyvagal theory. So anyone who wants to understand more about their nervous system, I would definitely go and check out that book. <laughs> um, and then another book that really, gosh, like changed, um, maybe had such an impact on me that was not Okay, I'm going to go back actually to my childhood because it still has an impact on me, which is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So that, that. That's, that is that like one book. of my favorite books. There are so many messages in that book. <laughs> so, so many. That's the thing. So many messages. Like, I think I revisited it like during the pandemic, actually, because of my own sort of stress. I needed to go back to something familiar. And I took away so many amazing messages from that, from that book that really kind of got me through. Yeah. Amazing. What was the most inspirational piece of advice you've ever received? <sighs> inspirational piece of advice. Um, there's been a lot. Um, I would say right now what's coming to mind is impact over income. Mm -hmm. um, you know, cause your income will match the impact essentially. So when you, when you come from wanting to serve, when you come from wanting to make, make an impact, um, that is what fuels you. That is what, you know, provides for you. And so, yeah, I think that's been one of some of the biggest advice is like lead from impact. Yeah. Brilliant. And on the flip side, the worst piece of advice. Oh gosh, the worst piece. Oh my gosh. Um, worst piece of advice. Oh, well, okay. I have to say, I think being in the online coaching space, which I don't know how many people here are listening or in this space, but I would have to say that this idea of needing to get to a certain income goal or mark within a short period of time, like a month or, or a, six months or even a year, that is really bad advice. I'm not saying you can't get there. It's, it's possible, but every business is different. Uh, you are different. Every nervous system is mm. different. So the idea that you can just blanketedly like follow this, like certain steps and you're going to make it to seven figures in six months. Like, yeah, I don't, I think that's really bad. Advice. Yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree because life happens, right? Yeah, right? exactly. Life happens. Exactly. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And final question, what new dish did you learn recently or discover recently oh a new dish i love food um <laughs> let me think about this for a second because i also eat a lot of the same things over and well i will say my so my husband's from spain so he's from madrid so he cooks a lot of amazing food from there um i wouldn't say it's new but it's something we've been having here because i've been to spain in a little while which is called uh, cocido and it's just amazing it's like this uh it's like you have a soup beforehand and then, and then during the second course is like uh, chickpeas and meats and pork belly and um, what else is in there? Potatoes. It's just, oh, it's so good. It's so perfect too on a winter day. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I think we're all hungry on the back of that and yeah. we're all going to pick up the line of which in the wardrobe for sure. Yes. <laughs> um, Laura, thank you so much. It's been, it's been amazing diving deep and learning more and um uh, I'm going to share your link, Instagram, uh, and your your uh, your website. I think there's 
please follow Laura's Instagram. It is phenomenal. There is so much guidance. She does so many lives on there as well with some great guidance. So um, yeah, thank you so much, Laura. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to connecting with you soon. And when you do come over to Europe, let's get together. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. It's been too Too long. long. (laughs) Have an amazing Christmas. Enjoy, relax, unwind, look after the nervous system. We all will look after the nervous system. We'll find that space. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining today's episode. If you'd like to contact me, then you can message me and follow me on Instagram at vcasaurora1. So until we meet again, and as always, I hope you truly have an abundant day and I will see you soon on Conscious Conversations.